It is the Anfield Wrap. It's Neil Atkinson with Fuad Hassan, Kieran Molyneux and Ian Ryan being produced by Andy Heaton. To come, there will be clips from our interviews with Jurgen Klopp, Kostas Shimikas and Billy Hogan. Uh, for the full thing of any of them, uh, download the Anfield Wrap app in all the obvious places. Also, quick shout out to anyone who came to see us in London, Singapore or Bangkok. It is absolutely mad as far as I'm concerned in my mind that it's still only about eight and a half days since I was on stage in London. Uh, and everything that's gone on since then is absolutely crazy uh, but it is obviously a privilege and a pleasure to be able to do all of those things so everyone again honestly could not appreciate it more um, we will go through on this show we'll have a chat about the centre-halves because there's an excellent interview by Ian Doyle uh, of The Echo with Joe Gomez uh, Ben Davies has gone as well uh, and then we'll have a chat about what is up for grabs over the whole of the season and what we've already seen from pre-season in the context of that but we'll start off with the centre-halves and Ian Ryan it's <clears throat> on the one hand, the Ben Davies going thing is it's it's good business. It shows the club can do good business because he's a footballer who hasn't kicked the ball for Liverpool and Liverpool have been able to make substantially more money than they, they laid out on him. So we've got to acknowledge that. We've got to say that that's the case. For me, though, I've always got a bit of a thing that I like it for any footballer who gets the opportunity to come to Liverpool at any age that they, they find it a positive experience. I just sort of struggle with that a tiny little bit on this one. And not in a moody sense. I don't think anyone's done anything wrong. You know, I'm not, having a, I'm not having a go anywhere. But it is just a little bit of a shame that this like gets a stream move, goes through all the media stuff, and we don't even see him kick a ball once, I think, even in a pre-season game for us, if I'm right. Yeah, I suppose from that aspect, it does feel like a little bit of a shame. But I suppose from his point of view, I think he had options at the time. So when Liverpool come in, I think he could have gone to Celtic. I think that was quite far down the line. Yeah. But obviously, he chooses to to make the move towards, and I'm sure he backed himself. And he knew Liverpool had problems in, in, in the centre half area because obviously we'd suffered injuries. So I think we were in a state of of panic, maybe a little bit. We had to get bodies through the door, and obviously it was getting towards the end of the window at the time. So, whilst he's not had an opportunity, Neil, in terms of getting on the pitch in a in a competitive game, his opportunity will have come on the training pitch. And obviously, Liverpool have assessed him and looked at him closely, I'm sure, and felt that he's not quite up to the up to the job, which is unfortunate. But you know, as you said at the very start of this, you know, Liverpool's job is not to make Ben Davis feel good about himself. It's about you know getting points and and you know making profits on on signings as well, and they've done that in a really kind of a, again really slick way. So, yes, while I, while I understand the point, you know, at the end of the day, it's a ruthless business, and you know we'll have had his opportunities in training. Obviously, Jürgen won't have seen what he was wanting to see, and therefore he's not been able to manage to start. He's not got there, and that does happen. Kier, it's, a, it's a ruthless business football from time to time. That does happen. For me, it's fascinating that you think you think all the way back at it, even not dissimilar to me being in London the other week. It's not that long ago. Uh, we're talking here about January 2021 yeah. when he comes in and when Kabak comes in. Kabak's still now back on Schalke's books. They are, Norwich haven't picked him up full-time. Davies is back there. And when you compare that, that, that was what we had to do then to this set, set of centre-half options we've got now, all four of them. It really, it could not be further apart, could it? And that shows Liverpool did have a plan. They had a sense of what it was they were trying to do. And obviously they've had a bit of luck with the fitness of the players too. I think the plan all along with Ben Davies was an investment, to be honest. I think it was a, a real like sort of emergency given what happened that season with the amount of centre-halves we were losing, as you said, bodies through the door was key. I think... I, I personally didn't expect him to have a big Liverpool career anyway at any point in this and I think he knew that I think he made that sign to, to live, sorry, sign for Liverpool because he knows that the next club that comes in I'm going to look at the fact that he's been training with Van Dijk for the past 12-18 months as you said in training is where he's had a chance to prove it and Liverpool will have his statistics his, his data everything that he's been doing in training and pre-seasons and stuff and if he's not fit for Liverpool, then the next best option is making money on him and moving him on. That's what's happened. Uh, as I said before, Kabak back at Schalke. Um, Joe Gomez has given this really interesting interview in the Echo where he's talking about you know the opportunities he's got, where that, that, that sort of situation is with Matip, with Canate himself. It's interesting, he almost classes Van Dijk apart, I think, as we all do in there. He uses that language himself. But yeah, Kabak, Schalke now back in the Bundesliga. Mm. Davies now over at Rangers. Fuad, you know, Liverpool knew they wanted Canate, and he's been the one who's been working with Van Dijk predominantly in pre-season in terms of what we've seen on the pitch. 
as I say, it shows that they had a plan, but it also shows how extreme those circumstances were back in January 2021. Yeah, and I think in, with hindsight, it just gets more and more extreme because you look at you look at what a fully fit Liverpool centre half kind of area looks like, and and you can't believe some of the names that were having to play in that position back then. And I think the Davis one now seems more and more of almost of a thing of, you know, the manager almost protecting some of the younger players because we were literally getting to that stage where. You know, if, if there were any more injuries, actual kids would have had to come and play. And I think he drew the line at Reese Williams in terms of how young, how how inexperienced we go in terms of bringing these players out from the academy and throwing them into situations. Because he's always talked about that with young players, you know, about protecting them, about bringing them in at the right time. And if you're forced to do it, then it gives you know it gives them even more pressure. But also, you know, you as the manager have that responsibility. And I think this signing clearly shows now. I think that he was probably brought in just to ease that burden on. On bringing in a youngster, and maybe potentially for causing to just to do the training sessions. Exactly, Liverpool, say that. Liverpool yeah. literally put bodies in on yeah. the pitch in, in, in this on the training field, like instead of, instead of playing goalkeepers at centre half yeah. and training matches and stuff. Exactly, so the forwards can actually can, can play against defenders and that sort of thing. So, yeah, it, it makes all the sense now, and you're not surprised to make a profit because you know as soon as Liverpool signs someone, you know eyebrows are raised at who that player is, especially with the reputation they got nowadays. So it is. It was Kabak, Davis, <laughs> Williams, and Phillips. Uh, <laughs> Phillips is Phillips is linked away. Uh, Liverpool still looking to push for fifteen million for him, according to Neil Jones in on goal. Ian um, Williams. Neil also says Liverpool looking to move into a championship club. Davis has gone on. Obviously, Kabak was only ever alone. He gone back to Schalke, then to Norwich, back at Schalke again. Schalke playing Bundesliga football this year, by the way. So it'll be interesting just from the fact that we've met him once almost in a way to see what happens. But it is, it's telling, isn't it, that all of these footballers, Liverpool's ideal is none of them are on Liverpool's books going into next season. Yeah, I don't think I've ever looked at any of them and thought they're going to have extensive Liverpool careers. I mean, now Phillips, I think everyone you know, around the table will be grateful for what he did at the time of, of need. Essentially, you know, he came in and he he got everything out of his out of his ability and out of his body that he could. Um because it was desperate times. And he he does he probably does better than okay considering because I I'm not sure he's a Premier League player, I have to say that. And I think there was a lot of chat at the time about keeping hold of him. I know certain fans had I kind of maybe latched on to maybe some of the performances where he is throwing his body in the line of like shots and he's, he's grabbing goals at Burnley, at Burnley and it, you know, you can say he did do some really, really good things, but it was over a very short period and I think what you would have seen if he'd have extended that kind of period in the first team, you would have seen weaknesses exposed. You know, Liverpool want to play a certain way, they want a certain centre-half to do a certain thing. Whether he's a Premier League footballer, he's not a footballer who seems the way Liverpool want to play. No, so that's, 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 no. that's the conversation, I, isn't it? Yeah, and listen, there may be a Premier League club who wants to just sit on the edge of the box and get stuff away. Maybe he could do that, but I think if you want to give him time on the ball, you are going to see those weaknesses because he's not massively comfortable, I don't think, at the ball. He can't clear his lines. You know, he's, he'll put his head in where it hurts, and that's no, that's important. So maybe there's a place, you know, maybe if Burnley had stayed up, people used to always say that, didn't he? He made suit them. But I think on the turn, you can see there's a clear weakness there. And I think even his time at Bournemouth, you know, I listened to some people you were chatting to, Neil, I don't think he was... He was great when he went there. I think he did okay. I think, you know, the language around his time there was he, he did all right. He was okay. Maybe a six, seven out of ten. Um, and he's 25 now. And he's only, he's made less than 60, like, league starts in his career. So for him, he needs to go somewhere. But he's not fifth choice. He needs to go somewhere and play on a regular basis because, you know, he's getting to that age now. You know, he's similar to Joe Gomez. He needs to be playing football week in, week out. Same for Reese Williams as well. On Gomez then, this interview that he's given, Kieran, the age thing to me is one of the things that stuck out. I'll read the quote. It helps give context, I suppose. Virgil had gone 26 when he arrived. So me looking at what he achieved from that age on, knowing I still have the opportunity to try and have that time ahead of me, is obviously something to chase and aspire towards. This decision of his to sign a new contract, it's a really good interview because he, he frames, this is everything I was thinking about. It wasn't as simple as, as it often is for a, lot of, a fair few of these footballers, you get the impression, it's Liverpool, I want to stay, we're doing brilliantly. He's got some questions to answer and some bits to think about, but the age thing to me is really interesting. For a central defender, with the miles he's got on the clock because of a few of the injuries, he is very much of the view, my best days are to come and it's where he wants to play them. And his decision seems to have been, I want to play them at Liverpool because you don't get two shots at this. I think it's it's a no-brainer for him and for us, to be honest, because his best days are ahead of him. And from Joe Gomez's perspective, he's at the best place for him under the best manager and he's competing for trophies and he's going to actually contribute to the team like I say in the FA Cups, League Cup games there's going to be Premier League games where he's going to have to come in because of injuries or, or whatever it may be 
there's there's definitely room for him in that squad. It's not like you're sort of keeping all of a player in case. Um, so yeah, it makes a lot of sense, and I do think that given his age, there's a and looking at the age of Van Dijk and Matip. I think there's a strong case for if he sticks about and keeps progressing and stays fit, that him and Canate could be our next partnership as he as he approaches his 27, 28, 29 in his career. Um, because he's definitely got the attributes. He's a great player and he gets to the club and he can understands the way we play and he can we put him at a full back in the in the in the FA Cup at Forest and he it was a it was a nightmare of a game that day crowd were up for it. Everything was coming down that channel. He just dealt with it. He's not a full back and he says this, his, his best position is centre back. So the fact that he's versatile as well as another thing that he offers. So I'm made up personally, like I wanted to I wanted to stay. It's great, it's uh, it, Ian, it really is. But he himself, he's thinking about peaking, which to me is really <coughs> interesting to think about where he wants to be when he peaks. There's there's a lot in in the whole interview, it really is worth reading, you know, every single word of it's really worth reading because he is very, very honest about everything that was going through his mind around this, the idea that, that he could well have moved on. The issue I think he had was if he'd have gone and signed a contract that Aston Villa, one of the clubs linked with him, if he goes to Aston Villa, he's 25 now, if he was to get a move back to another top six club, he'd be 27, 28 by the time that comes around, you know, this is how he has to think about himself and his own future. Yeah, I was, I wasn't sure what, Joe would do because I think he's he's too good to be someone's fourth choice is where I land on it but I'm made up he's staying because Liverpool have got great, great uh, depth, depth now in the squad in terms of that centre-half area um, you couldn't ask for better really and I think it's easy to forget the levels he got to during his very best before you know he's had injuries pretty much through his career but there's been times um, in 18, 19 and 19, 20 where you've really seen the very best of Joe Gomez and he's been able to put you know, games together a run of games where he's been at a really, really high level you know, I think even Van Dijk when he was speaking to, to John in one of the mix zones you know, we talked about how Gomez suits our system, you know, we talked about how Nat Phillips doesn't well, Gomez does suit it because he has got pace, he can play on the turn he is good on the ball and I think if Liverpool can get Gomez back to anywhere near the levels he was able to demonstrate a couple of years ago, then they've still got one hell of a centre half on the hands. There's no doubt about it. You know, you talked about Aston Villa there, Neil. He goes there and he plays all the games. He'll play all the games without a doubt because he's far superior to anything they've got. And I would say for the majority of the teams in this country, he would play all the games and he'd start for his country if he was playing week in, week out. But Joe Gomez, he looks like a lad to me who's happy to take a challenge on because he's gone through all those injuries. That takes significant mental strength to keep coming back to keep coming back to keep coming back and he's done that time and time again but he's over an age now where he is going to want to play again he's now he's 25 years of age and i think he will get more game time this season because of the way the season is obviously truncated the first half is very very tight in terms of fixtures and obviously players are coming back at different times people will pick up injuries and stuff so i think it, you will see more of them but as kieran said no there's a chance anyway over the next year or two, he, he, is, he is Liverpool's or one of Liverpool's first choice centre half because, you know, age is on his side. And that partnership he had with Van Dyke, by the way, at its very best, it was sensational. Yeah. It had everything you wanted. It had absolutely everything. Van Dyke, number one, your main man, leading it from a back four perspective. But Joe's on the cover. He's on the cover with loads of pace. And he's great at doing that. He's great at sniffing danger. He's great at smelling danger. You just need to get him a consistent run again. At some point, that's the challenge because he's got other people in front of him. But once he gets those run of games, I think Liverpool must have spotted something to give him a new contract that actually he can get back to those levels again. I was about to say then, I think you talk about the partnership with Van Dijk and you're looking at Gomez, he's going to want to be the best centre-back he can be, challenge for the biggest honours he can challenge for and be at a club and work with a manager that he loves. Now, he was working with Van Dijk week in, week out and Matip and Canati on the training pitch, he's going to be the best centre-half he can be. And if he's at Liverpool and he's contributing to the side, he's going to win medals. It's a bit of a no-brainer for him, isn't it? As you, I, I was saying before, it's it's he goes to Villa. That's fine. He will play every single week. But he's not going to play in the European Cup. He's not going to. He's not going to win loads of medals. And as a football player, that's what you want, isn't it? You know what I mean? He's at Liverpool Football Club, challenging for medals. So fair play to Liverpool. The the peak years thing for me is interesting for Wad. I think as football moves. There's always this desire, I think amongst us as supporters as well, not least because we get excited about footballers early, we get excited by Harvey Elliott, we get excited by, you know, even Cade Gordon to a sense, you get excited by footballers, go all the way back to Michael Owen, Robbie Fowler, when they break through at 18, 19, that's when they excite you. Gomez is 
in the interview it makes the point he's now the third longest sort of uh, stay at Liverpool and amongst everyone at the squad because he came so young but football is the vast majority of them still it hasn't changed peak between 25 and 30 that's still literally football is whatever position on the pitch Salah has peaked between 25 and 30 with Liverpool Mane peaked between 25 and 30 you know you can go right the way through you know almost everyone the peak then how long that peak sustains for is a question around for instance Henderson and Thiago this season but that's the peak and that's where I think we are with Gomez. We think he is he's moving into those peak years, I think, and, and that means that this could be even better to come on as Ian says. He was brilliant enough with Van Dyke. Exactly. That that partnership, you know, I, I I don't forget it easily. And I think, you know, it, it, it can be easy to forget because there's been that big gap, but the fact that he did it over such a long period of time, I think gives you that reassurance that you know, we're not talking about playing coming for a few games and, and then shows a bit of inconsistency. He was really at the top level. And I remember games where, you know, we were talking about him on shows like this, you know, being better than Van Dyke and, and being superior in some in some facets of the game. So that there's a level there that he can he can definitely get to again. I don't think the injuries are gonna be a big problem and that you'd hope they're not gonna be. But but even from the club's perspective, you know, you're talking about if, if you if he were to have gone this summer, you're talking about replacing someone like you're saying, going into those peak years. And, you know, just generally there's a real kind of shortage of centre-halves like that that you can just readily find and, and, and bring in and have that confidence. They did that with Canate when they saw the opportunity, but getting someone at that age to come in and, and the long the, the, the kind of long-serving thing is really important, I think, because, you know, he, he quietly seems like a really switched-on guy. He quietly seems like, you know, someone who, who who's helped kind of form the culture in the club. And it's important you have these figures that have been there from the start who are there as long as possible to keep this going when, you know, inevitably the likes of Matip will, will get old and, and maybe in a couple of years move on. You want players there who, who've been there, you know, been there in the glory years at the beginning and are able to kind of elongate these glory years to the next iteration of this Liverpool side. And he's, he's you know, he's captained the side before. He's He's got those attributes. And I think, you know, he's probably thinking himself, who better to, to, to kind of go into these peak years and uh, then the next to Virgil van Dijk and, and learn off him and continue to sort of grow with all these great centre-halves and there's clearly the games Liverpool have proved that they can play literally every game in a season and they want to do that consistently so the opportunities are there Maturity is funny around the squad as a whole Ian you've got the players who are clearly very mature James Milner being the, the obvious example of that but also if you're able to look at Henderson and Thiago in terms of what they've achieved through their career um, and Thiago with more clubs than just Liverpool obviously but Henderson here as well Van Dijk now obviously falls into that category but We've ended up in a situation where there's actually a group of, of, of younger players who now have had those sort of life-altering experiences. Trent Alexander-Arnold's one, Joe Gomez is another, of, of being at the, the absolute peak of the sport, while still in their certainly early 20s to mid-20s. And now in Gomez's case, that maturity, I think... I think it matters they've been around this you can even throw Naby Keita into this in a way you can even throw whether you know Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain into this in a way that they've been around the camp whilst all of this has happened they know they know what it is to be part of contributing on and off the field to get to that level Liverpool have got that knowledge in eight and I think another reason why Liverpool have been eager to extend this contract is you don't throw that away on a 25 year old if he's already got all that in the bank No 100% agree I think you, know, you can't underestimate I think the value that someone like Jürgen Klopp will, will put into that as well in terms of you know having these players where they've immersed themselves in what he wants to do over you know the last what six seven um, years or so that's massive to him I think you know understanding the culture feels massive for this Liverpool team and the Liverpool squad and I think you're right in terms of the balance I think you always want to have that you know that that blend um, where there is you know the experience that you just mentioned there but then you've got those younger players coming through you know Alan Hansen always gets loads of stick for the comments he made about, you know, you don't win anything with kids and stuff. But what he was what he was driving at there was like, you know, you can't fill a team full of kids. You know, Gary Neville will always kind of defend those comments a little bit and say, well, actually, there was loads of experience in there as well. There was there was people like Brian McLaren and Mark Hughes and Steve yeah. Bruce, Smichael, etc. So you've got to get the balance right and stuff. And I think Liverpool have have done particularly well because it, it feels like a nicely balanced squad now. You know, there's those younger players coming through. I think we'll touch on, you know, the likes of Carvalho and Elliot and stuff. And there's still Curtis Jones. You forget how young he is still because he's been around for a little bit. You know, Joe Gomez is still a relatively young footballer, 25. He's still got loads of years left. But then they have got those those older heads, you know, the Thiago's, the Hendersons. Um, you've mentioned Milner, who I think, you know, whilst I wouldn't expect to see loads of James Milner this season unless there's massive injuries. I'm talking in terms of starting games. 
I don't think you could get anything on the play, just what he does around the squad, around the dressing room, the culture. And I think it's easily dismissed that. I think people can you know sit on a on a phone or on a keyboard and, and, and put things out about James Miller and slag him off and stuff. And don't get me wrong, there will be times when I've been on shows and said, I don't want to see James Miller start this football match. I think that's fine. But in terms of what he does for the culture and the team and the messages that he'll convey to the players that, that will be coming from the manager, but people like him and Henderson will have a real kind of you know stronghold in the dressing room. Others as well, like Van Dyke, that's massive important to a successful squad Okay, uh, there is a lot up for grabs we've seen it so far in pre-season more to come on that but for now uh, here it is whether you're watching on video or listening on audio here uh, is some of our some of the highlights uh, from when we were in Bangkok and Singapore our conversations with Jurgen Klopp Kostas Shimikas and Billy Hogan When you you say that about the play the, again players experience it do you think stuff like for instance when they get to see the parades the parades live on sky it's on the news all the way through all the way through the day it's beamed all over the world do you think that the players then all over the world i think i'd love to play for them imagine playing for them for sure i can't see now any player who watches a parade of a team to be honest i wouldn't watch a parade of anybody else when <laughs> they win or lose or whatever. <laughs> I, I, why would you watch that so but i i know what you mean but it's more important the, the, it was more important for our players it was the most special experience, and, and Hendo said this was the. I couldn't have imagined, but it was the best day of my life, and we all felt it like that. Um, look, when we speak about each other, like yeah. fans, team, stuff like this, we all love the connection we have. Um, but it somehow works, and yes, we proved that all three days. Blah blah blah. We give our all, you give your all, all these kind of things. But then we all know as well, it, 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 if we don't win, I'm still a nice guy. Uh, but after a while, people say, yeah, thank you very much. But, so, but this situation was so special because we won, the, uh, lost the Champions League final the night before. And then coming together and uh, appreciating and celebrating us and our, our relationship and celebrating our view on things was the, the most extraordinary experience of my life, I have to say. And I had not 500 parades, but I had a few. Yeah. And this was the most special ever, ever, ever. And will, I can't see it being topped in the future because we all get praise when we win, but getting what we got there, love and, and, and all these things after we lost a big final uh, was, yeah, incredibly special. Was it? As part of that, the thing I, I, I keep coming back to with this journey you've been on with us, with the group of players, and in this summer where Sadio goes, was there a party on that parade where you're thinking to yourself, could be Sadio's last one, you probably have a bit of a sense of which direction he's going to go in. You know, Taki's last one, or only one at that point, but he played such a part. For you to let those players go, but to get to share those emotional experiences, it must be quite complicated, because in the back of your mind, you must be thinking, this is incredible, I've got these people, but it must be a bit bittersweet somewhere. For instance, certainly someone like Sadio, who's underpinned so much of what's been brilliant. I knew it will be the last. So it's not that I had a sense, I knew. So of course that feels strange, but but good as well. So it's like, if then it's a farewell. So Devok enjoyed it like crazy on account. He knew as well it will be his last. So um, these kind of things. So it's not about that. It's like when you, we are now already a while together. So it's my seventh season. Um, and that's really, that's really strange, but we cannot just keep the things like they are. Yeah. So we cannot just say, ah, oh, it's great. And, and the same team and getting older, these kind of things. You have to make changes. We do. We do constantly. I do want to talk about the ethical final because it was a big day for you. <laughs> uh, big smile when you think about it. Um, I don't know how many penalties you've taken before, but you, you stepped up, you slotted it, and, and that was the big moment. What are your memories of, the, of that day and, and that moment? Uh, the only thing I, I remember, I don't remember a lot from my, when I celebrated, to be <laughs> honest. Um, uh, I was a little bit stressed when I, I walked. To, to take the ball, but to be honest, I never, I never shoot penalty in my life. <laughs> it was my first one. Um, it was unbelievable. Uh, this is, I think, this is the the best memories I, ha I have uh, in the football. Uh, this, this penalty, this trophy I gave to the to the team. For me, it was something special. Uh, hopefully, I can live it again. Yeah. I can live this. I can have this feeling again. 
was absolutely unique and the way I ran after to our fans, I saw everybody was very, very happy. Everybody wanted 100% uh, this, this cup and I'm very, very glad to to, to bring it back uh, to Liverpool. Craig's normally climbing on me when, when we celebrate. <laughs> you have to, yeah, you'll, you'll see him and, and I'll be like underneath him while he's like climbing up on top of me. You have to watch him. But it was some celebration, you know, we were in the stands in Wembley and you know, you guys come over and it, it's like you guys all want to celebrate with us all together, really, you know, rather than like in your huddle with the team who've won it. The first thought is always, yeah, let's do this together. You know, the, the DJ plays one kiss and then it's let's go for all of us. Yeah, yeah, this is so... Uh, this one kiss also gives you like uh, uh, motivation, you know, <laughs> to celebrate more. Of course, me also, I climbed to the back of Adrian. <laughs> of course, it was, it was mad. Joined by Billy Hogan, uh, Liverpool's CEO, to discuss, first and foremost, what went on in Paris uh, at the Champions League final. Billy, we've reached a stage now where, on Wednesday, we're expecting the release of a report that's really quite damning uh, of the French authorities, of what's gone on. Uh, done by the French authorities, and I think this is an important point, that a lot of the investigative work that we've seen so far has been done by the French authorities about what went on themselves. Mm. Yeah, well, um, I think at, the, at this point, we're not sure what it will say. Um, and I guess kind of going back to the beginning, you know, we've, we've been, as a club, adamant about the fact that an investigation needs to happen into what happened um, that night in Paris. And I think this is a part of that. Um, and to be perfectly honest, we haven't been involved in yeah. this investigation and, and what the, the French authorities have done over the course of the last several weeks. So obviously we're very interested in, in what's gonna come out, um, but we still are, um, you know, feel strongly that the, the, the UEFA independent investigation needs to happen. Um, and it, that is beginning and so, this is an important step, um, and again, I guess we'll just have to react to what to what ultimately is put out. Are you, are the club, are you personally, is the club as a whole now happy with the makeup of that UEFA independent panel, or is that still something which you've had a lot of back and forth with UEFA about? Yeah, well, we've had, we've had, um, we have had a lot of back and forth. I think our, from our perspective, we put forward um, some people that we thought would be appropriate to uh, to um, include in the panel. Um, and thankfully, some of those people were chosen. Mm -hmm. So um, I think right now, based on the, the announcement, which was a week ago, in terms of the folks that are actually on that panel, I do, I do think that, or we do think that, that is, uh, that's something that you know, we're encouraged by. Um, but the next step really is now there's going to be a face-to-face -face meeting that we're going to have um, in the coming weeks and get a chance to sit down with, uh, with the, the key people in that panel and, and really discuss what the process is, what the timelines are, um, and really making sure that this is not about speed, it's about making sure that we do it the right way. Um, and that's really the next step in this process. Thanks to Jürgen Kostas and Billy uh, and everyone who helped sort all of that out in every single way. If you watched it on a video, uh, it's beautifully shot by Dave Rawcliffe, uh, who very much came through for us uh, from Propaganda Photos. So a massive thank you to Dave as well around all of that and everyone uh, who helped arrange those little interviews, those conversations. We had a lot of fun in Bangkok and Singapore. Uh, it was good to do all the events, uh, see people, so on and so forth. And if you came to any of them, as I said earlier on, thank you very much for doing that as well. Let's talk about what's up for grabs then, uh, Keo. I feel like bigger games I'm not going to say the big games but bigger games we know all what, what those will be difficult away games you never know when one of those is going to emerge European games with a bit on the line it feels to me as though we can say with certainty the goalkeeper will be the goalkeeper Van Dijk will start I think if he's fit in those games now Thiago starts and then I think there's two slots up for grabs alongside Salah I actually feel a bit like everything else is going to be game to game almost a little bit up for grabs from a Liverpool point of view Fabinho maybe but Henderson's intriguingly started six in both of the pre-season friendlies and, yeah. and he is the captain uh, and I think that the manager will you know wouldn't be shy about using him in that position in any given game everything else does feel to me and this is as much about the sort of the depth as, as anything else it does feel to me as though almost every other position in a bigger game I'm not just saying the obvious Champions League home and away feels as though almost anyone could slot in and, and that's what they're playing for at the minute in pre-season from day one against Fulham I think that's what the manager's gone for not that we've had major bodies in or out but we've, um, we've definitely refreshed and that was the idea wasn't it to refresh this squad and refresh you know the, the, the feel around the place in terms of like last season took a lot of, lot out of us and we felt like you know we needed we needed a fresh go this season and I do I do think that 
with um, we're strong in all departments. I think that this is the strongest Liverpool team I've 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 seen for a while. Um, I just I just wonder how it's gonna how the season's gonna start to be at the ground running because I think we do need to hit the ground running when you when you do refresh and you change a few bodies here and there like I'm not saying I have any sort of doubts about Liverpool this season I'm a little bit nervous and I don't know whether that's just because that's it like and as 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 excited as I am about Nunes on paper that's that that front three of Mane Salah and Diaz was mouthwatering however we weren't scoring in finals as we've all had the conversations. So yeah, we've ref- we've refreshed, and I am slightly nervous about 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 the season, as we always am, because I care about Liverpool. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And, and I don't want I don't I just want to carry on beating everyone every week and go on and, and do what we have done last season, but finish it properly. So yeah, um, but we're strong in all departments, and and I, and I do feel that the centre halves. We talked about Davies and Nath Phillips and stuff, and and no disrespect to them, I'm just glad that's sort of all past us now, and we've got a real strong selection of centre halves. The midfield looks strong. And and there's a competition for places, which is not a bad thing. Like, it feels like the competition for places is everywhere. Ian, like I said a minute ago, I don't even feel, and I've got, I don't mean to be sort of daft about this. I've got Fabinho and me all time Liverpool eleven, uh, holding midfield. You know, that genuine. That's where he is, as far as I'm concerned. He occupies that position, but I don't even feel as though that's necessarily going to be quite as nailed down as maybe it has been in previous seasons. Could be proven wrong. But it does seem to me as though, bar those places I've just said, the goal one right the way through the spine, as it were, the goalkeeper Van Dijk, Thiago, and Salah. Liverpool have got to go to, for instance, West Ham away. If all four of them are fit, I expect all four of them to be on the pitch. Uh, obviously, the two fullbacks are in there as well, and then but then the other positions, who, who plays next to Van Dijk, other midfield positions, and who starts alongside Salah. Genuinely, I, I couldn't tell you right now who it is. Yeah, and that's kind of where you want to be, isn't it? In terms of having a squad where actually. Regardless of who plays, you know it, it still feels like there's a strong eleven taken to the pitch. So, I think the Fabinho points, I would expect them if fit to play in all of Liverpool's what I would call big games. You know, if it's a big game. I know you had a you made a point about you wouldn't have started him in the Champions League final. Um, I know we start him in a big game. I think him at number six. I, I I think he's unrivaled really in the squad. I think Henderson can do bits there, and I do think I quite like it sometimes when Jordan plays there in certain games because I think he does change it up a little bit. He offers something slightly different. He plays it in a different way, and I think that's fine. But I think if you were going to City, for instance, or you're going to Chelsea, ah, uh, well, they're the biggest games. I'm sort of. <laughs> or even if even if it was a even a a decent team at home in the Champions League, I want to see Fabinho in that game. You know, Liverpool play Milan last season. I want to see Fabinho start that match. Um, but they will have to take a view on it because the games come thick and fast, and I think, you know, and that's more what I mean. Yeah, Henderson doesn't let you down in 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 big games. You now he's played there enough times, and I think you know people will criticise him because he doesn't do it like Fabinho does it. But I do think he brings something slightly different. He does change the the kind of the direction of travel quite quickly. You know, he's got that switch of uh, of pass and stuff, which I think gets Liverpool on the front foot nicely. I think there are lots of different options in it. Listen, the manager would despise me because I would like to add him one more in the field. And I know he hates the idea. He said to you, he hates the idea. And that's fair. Fucking enough. furious with you, he yeah, is. You know, he's furious yeah, with yeah, you. Listen, I'm fine with it. Um, can knock around to yours tonight. <laughs> yeah. He's got time on his hands now, a couple of days till Leipzig. <laughs> and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm fine with it because I would like to do one more. You know, you don't want to you don't want to criticise individual footballers, but I, I do feel like Chamberlain's time at the club, and I know he's showed one or two flashes in pre-season, there's only been a couple of games, and people who've watched them have said, you know, he looks like he, he started them well, but he, he gets the injury. And I just feel like he's one who, if you talk about footballers needing a new challenge, it feels like he's at an age where he, he needs a new challenge. He could just do it for his own kind of, for his own well-being really, to go and play football consistently. Um, and you have always got that thing in the back of your mind where he's going to pick up injuries and stuff. So I'd like to get one more in there, but I'm really intrigued to see how Cavallo starts the season. You know, we look good at Fulham, but it's a step up, so you've got to take that into consideration. I don't watch loads and loads of the pre-season. I used to, but I'll just dip in and out now. But by all accounts, Harvey Elliott's looked nice and sharp. And I think he surprised everyone last season by starting Elliott. But I think it's fair to say people aren't going to be shocked if he's, if he's starting that first one at Fulham. Elliott is one uh, in the pre-season games who's looked like he is laying, staking a serious claim. 
Henderson at six is interesting. He plays Tyler Morton ahead of Henderson mm. uh, in the game where, where Morton and Henderson are on the pitch at the same time. Supposedly Morton's been doing more stuff at eight anyway, the manager said, but it's interesting to me that he uses that as a as a rationale to have Henderson there. Uh, two, it's felt to me like Henderson six and Elliot are the midfield lads who've been laying down markers from what I've seen, not just because Henderson gets the goal. They look like the ones who are laying down. I'm, I'm committed to this position, committed to the fact that I feel as though I can play in this team. I think Elliot's look great. Yeah, he's looked brilliant. And I think... You know, a lot of what the manager's been saying over the last few months, and it surprised me a little bit because I, th- I feel like it's something fans like to talk about more and you don't really see it from within football clubs. But he's been talking a lot about being more unpredictable uh, in the starting in the starting lineups. And, you know, the idea of losing a Mane, well, you don't just get a, a player in and replace him. You do, you do a few different things and you have a few different facets from different people's game that comes in. And I think you're going to see the likes of Elliot and Carvalho start a lot more. And I think, especially this first batch of games, you're going to see someone come in, I think, that who's sort of been like an Elliot, who's been geared up through pre-season, who's probably been told in, in May that, look, th- who, this who didn't go season, away in the summer to any exactly. international, yeah. Yeah, Curtis Jones, someone like that, who, who, who've probably had a little word with the manager, and the manager just told them, look, the, the, these first few couple months, you really, you know, we're, we're going to target that for you as a, as a time to give you a run. And I think, you know, that, that's how he's going to go about this season with the intensity, with the little break in the middle, with the World Cup and everything. So it's important that players have that momentum and have that rhythm. And also there's a thing of, you know, he's not silly. He, he knows that the tag attached to Darwin Nunes and, and the pressure that's going to come with it on him. And you don't know how players are going to respond until they're put in that situation. But I think there's enough confidence in other players in the squad, other members of the squad that they can kind of bridge those that, that goal gap that maybe Mane has left at the beginning of the season. Salah hitting the ground running would be huge, I think, just because at the end of last season, you know, it just shuts up anything on that. And, you know, there's, there's, there's loads to be excited about. I think the, the, the Cavalier thing gets me the most excited because I just feel like he's he might be that player that we all thought Naby Keita was when, when he came in. Um, in terms of the style and in terms of what he can bring to the side. And I think that fearlessness he seems to have at this age and that, that freshness is, is really kind of exciting. And I think it could work really well with, with, with the balance of this team already. Cavalli off the left side of the midfield three is a bit different. You know, you think about Genie there, pretty just solid. You know what I mean? I don't mean that to disparage anyone. Solid helps. <laughs> Thiago, Keita, when they play there. Milner to an extent, although I think Milner does make more darting runs forward, ironically given his age in a sense the way in which he's perceived. Curtis, when he's played there, solid is what you would say. Carvalho looks as though Liverpool might be prepared to to sacrifice a little bit of that left-hand side of midfield solidity and have, have the option of maybe a bit more creativity on that side, take a couple more risks. He excites me, this kid, to be honest. I didn't know too much about him. I know that we signed about 15 times. <laughs> kept seeing Liverpool about to sign Carvalho. Yeah. But um, as, I, as I normally do when I don't understand the player too much, I go on YouTube and watch a drum and bass track <laughs> and, and score him worldies. And he looks really, looked really good. But I didn't know like, how much he was going to figure. I didn't know whether he was going to come in, be long back out, whether he was going to come in, go on the 20th. He looks like similar to Elliot. Jürgen really rated this kid. And I think similar to Elliot last season, when he started on the opening day and we all went, he started now be Elliot, you know. I think you might see a couple of games, as you say, early on in the season where he's told Alex Carvalho, you're going to play. And what you've seen before, having so many options and stuff, it may be a situation where you see him, you see him operating there. I'm surprised, but you know, it was it was briefed. Neil Jones said they expect to see him as a as, as a front three option. Um, he's not been near there actually so far in pre-season, and he's been he's been deployed a little bit deeper. Everyone is excited about him. Uh, the players themselves seem excited about him. Seem excited with him. That always bodes well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think it is always hard to to judge a player when he's playing in the championship because that is, you know, that that step up's massive. You know, you've seen it countless times where, you know, players, you know, will bang constantly in the championship and then the minute they come up you know it, it dries up and obviously he's not he's not coming as a as a centre forward and you know Neil did talk about him in those terms and it, it has surprised me a little bit because he seemed quite wedded to the fact that he would be a front three player and maybe he will be one day but you know Jürgen Klopp's got this habit hasn't he of just playing people in slightly different positions than what you're thinking and, and doing really well with it uh, it's almost like they're thinking about it and stuff so so yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if he's a little bit deeper. And I think he looks like a really good one touch, two touch player. You know, as you said, the players speak really highly of, you know, Curtis was talking him up as well the other day in the mix zone and stuff. So, yeah, loads to be excited about. I'm not sure you'll see him kind of from day one. I think you know, Liverpool, again, you know, Jürgen's not against just kind of feeding him in as and when. But then you will get a player who just completely knocks out the park and you almost can't not start him because he's that good. Um, but Liverpool have got options in there. I think the challenge will be 
just keeping some of those big hitters ticking over and fit and firing and available for those biggest games that we talked about before. You know, you mentioned Thiago. You know, if you get him at his very best, I mean, there's there's, there's very few footballers who can operate at his level. Um, certainly with the ball, he, he's sensational, and you've got to look after him because I think there's no there's no European games just in the first kind of few weeks, but then they do start coming thick and fast. And Liverpool are going to have to. And when there is a Bundesliga league game, yeah, so Liverpool are going to have to pick and choose when they when they play some of these players. But as I say, the manager knows what he's doing. Um, moving to the the back line, it's been interesting for a while. There's been Canate and Van Dijk together, uh, predominantly saying that that's one of the places that's up for grabs. Liverpool though committed so far to to Canate and Van Dijk twice. That might change. Uh, Leipzig on the horizon on Thursday, and I think that'll be forty five, forty five rather than thirties. But that said, you know that is a position we talked about Gomez earlier on. Matip as well has shown everything he's shown for the club. Someone will start next to Van Dijk against Fulham, and the job of all of them is to try to have them be that footballer between now and then. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know we talked about who you play in the bigger games, and I think the one thing you get with a, a squad that's been through what they have last season, and you know lots of the players you know challenging up there in the last four years, three four years, is that you've got lots of players with experience in big games. You know, Canate gets gets thrown in. You know that that United game at Old Trafford. And, and is you know re- looks really comfortable when he really didn't have any right to considering the experience he had before in terms of how much game time he had and then that Champions League final he was you know he's probably one of the best players on the pitch he was unbelievable I thought and did everything you'd want from from a, from a Liverpool centre half and I think he gives a manager you know a really good problem and I I would be tempted to to get him in there and I feel like he's at he's at that point now where he's he, he seems to be very comfortable with what he's being asked to do and he seems to be very very much embedded in this team I loved how he talked about the parade and all that kind of stuff he, he feels like he's really kind of plugged into what this this team is about and I think you know that that, that healthy competition that there seems to be there is is usually a problem for a lot of clubs, but I feel like for us, this is exactly but what we'll, we need. I'll come back to you on that before. I'll, I'll bring Keo in on his concerns and Diogo Jost in a second, but I want to come back to you on that. The, Gomez goes out of his way to say it. Canate, when he talked about the parade and all that sort of stuff, it's interesting. He was actually done the interviews and the little bits and pieces. It is the feeling, isn't it, with the four of them? Like, firstly, I suspect the other three who aren't Van Dyke all think Van Dyke's amazing, yeah. which helps massively. <laughs> but the others, you get the impression there is they know there's competition for places, but they also know there's opportunities likely. But also, it all feels really, really healthy. And Gomez goes out of his way to emphasise that. And Canate just appears to to be in love with every moment that he's getting to live at Liverpool. Yeah, definitely. There's almost a culture within the the Liverpool kind of centre back little squad. And I think that they they it, it comes from Van Dyke probably that that calmness. And I think. A a lot of them have got that experience of well you know because of, of how this team likes to play and because of how what they're asked to do you know it is intense it is a lot a lot of work and they understand from the from the manager that when the way the manager likes to operate when you are on the team and you you've put in a good run run of games you, you earn your spot and you stay in and you you will get that opportunity and i think each one of them are confident that they're able to play a run of games and they're able to to keep at a really high level and they've all shown it and i think you can't you know you can't forget matt you can't forget what he's done but you know, inevitably, there's going to have to be with his age and with Van Dijk's age. There's going to have to be a little bit of a of a changing of the guard that we don't notice, and that's how you want it done. You don't want to be you don't want to be noticing these things, but you, you kind of hope it naturally happens over the next couple of years. We do need to start strong, and we need to start fast. We saw that in the 2019-2020 season when we have the big battle with City. We flip rounds, they drop points in game two, and we all felt like it was April because we'd won our first two, and they just they only took four points from the first two, which is. You know, it's the way it is now. I am my big concern is the Jotter injury. I think Jotter, in a couple of senses, has been mildly forgotten, KO. But I think also within that, you look at Jotter last season, he bangs, but they're also important goals. A lot of goals to go 1 0, a lot of goals to go equalise, a lot of goals to go. He really keeps us cool. Yeah, a lot of of what he does in big moments, I think. And I think Firmino's looked bright, and it's interesting thinking about the two of them. But Jotter contributed key moments in the first sort of two thirds of that campaign. And it would be great if we could have him from the start of the season, because if he can do the same again, it gives everyone else, I still include Diaz in this, time just to absolutely find their role in attack. Yeah, I think the Diaz signing took a little bit of um, light off Jota in the sense of when he first come, he supplied us all, because we knew we could see he had ability and stuff, but we didn't know how big of a Liverpool player he was going to be. And it took a couple of games and everyone was like, he's a Liverpool player. He's a proper Liverpool player. and. As you say, the, the shine come off him a little bit when Diaz come in because Diaz just is so great to watch. But there's moments last season, I said that penalty, where I think if, if he doesn't score that penalty, Chelsea have a chance to win the FA Cup, and he's just so cool, and it's 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 delivering performances and, and moments like that. So 
Yeah, it's. I don't. I don't know the full extent of the injury. To be honest, I mean, I. I'm it, it means he's, he's, at least, out he's at least behind them on pre-season. If you know what I mean, yeah, you know what yeah, the manager's yeah, like yeah. for that. So yeah. he's he's lost a couple of weeks of pre-season. Basically, he's only done one training session so far. So the manager will will have will, will have concerns about yeah, that. Yeah, that's that that's not great because as you said, then it's running from the day day one now. I mean, it used to be get after Christmas and stuff, and you'd sort of see like where the points are. At. We know this margin's going to be a point or two. So there's no room for error from the start. You want everybody available from the start. So it is frustrating, and hopefully he is ready for the start of the season because I think he's going to have a big season for us. We need him to. Uh, for me, he's looked bright. Uh, I was lucky enough to get to see him in person in training. Looked really, really bright uh, in person in training. But uh, whilst I think if Firmino could return to his game in, game out form of 2019-2020, where you forget the number of big goals he scores, goals to win games, goals away at Palace, away at Wolves, you know, there's a run of games where Firmino gets really significant contributions in. You forget that at times because you're almost blinded by the other numbers here and there of other footballers. Contributions aren't just about amassing huge numbers of them, it's simultaneously key moments. Jotten and Firmino both got that in the locker, but we could do with one of them coming to the party for the first five, six games of the season, I think. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think the Jota one's a blow because I think he's already been ruled out of the, the community shield, hasn't he? Which, you know, if he's not going to feature in that, then there's absolutely no chance you're going to see him anywhere near Fulham because he is going to need some time to get back up to speed. I think Firmino, it's, it's quite hard to judge him because... I think, no, let's have it right, he's been absolutely phenomenal for this football club. That is not in question. But I think over the last maybe 18 months or so, you've not only seen, maybe actually going back a little bit further than as well, you've seen times where this form's been not quite where you want it to be. And then you've now started to see, see the injuries as well become part of his kind of makeup where he's missing games. And that's a shame. Because I, don't, I don't think he's been, I don't think he's been the footballer he was since the COVID interruption. Yeah. I think he's, I think you can genuinely almost draw a line there because he does do more in the, in the, in the 2019, 20 season scores, the goal to win the club world cup, for instance, you know, there are more of, there's more of that. And then there is the COVID interruption. And then there's, you know, the, the moment he grabs one in front of 2000 people against Tottenham late in the yeah. game, which felt like it might be a bit of a watershed for him, but it's never so, a snowballed into into overall performance in part because of injury like you're saying and I think that's Liverpool could firstly do with him being fully fit but secondly if he could get back even if it was just for the first 10 games of the season he'd have a really important part to play I think I agree and I think you've also got to look at partnerships as well and I think someone like Mohamed Salah really enjoys playing with Firmino I think that's really really important to say I think you know there's been a little bit of narrative about, you know, has he enjoyed it as much when Mane got shifted central and, and Diaz come in? I mean, that's hard to really know. I think only, you know, behind the scenes they'll know that. But what we do know is he's had a really, really good partnership with Firmino and it's flourished. And I think, you know, the unselfishness to Firmino really plays into into what Mo likes when he's, you know, he's always looking to play him. He's always looking to give him the ball and stuff. Um, you know, he's an absolute dream to play with. You can imagine anyone who plays with Firmino, they probably go on record as saying, oh my God, what a footballer, because he just does all the selfless stuff and, you know, he's willing to kind of drop in and do bits in midfield and then actually you know we can tr chip in with those really important goals as you said Neil it's just hard to know whether you can ever get him back to those really great days and obviously age becomes a thing as well but he's not you know he's not as young as he was and what is he now 31 so not old by any stretch but actually you know peak Firmino's probably gone now but you'll still see flashes I'm sure because there's still a footballer in there absolutely there's still a football there's with footballers loads of like ability. him though who do have who do who do find another sort of couple of years after 30 it's not like it's ever been about pace no. and that's, no, what, that's, that's the interesting thing a lot thing. of it's up there isn't it with Firmino it's, it's, it's so we, I mean he's, he's certainly got that I just think the injuries you've got you know they've they've kind of punctured the season and stuff in recent times where you've not been able to get him a, a rhythm of games and he's come back and it's, it's bounced off him a little bit and he's not been quite up to speed and stuff so you know, there's that, but I don't think anyone's sitting here panicking if he's starting to fall on because he's still he's still way above that level. And I think you know you're not you're not quite sure what you're going to get from a new signing such as as Darwin Nunes because I think everyone's expected him to have a great career. Um, you know, Liverpool don't get these things wrong very often, but it might take him a little bit of time. But he could also start to fall and get a brace because you know that's a that's a really nice fixture there. I think you know, don't get me wrong. Sometimes you'll say, well, playing a newly promoted team at home it can be a little bit of an awkward one. But I don't really see it that way. I think I think it will play into Liverpool's hands a little bit, and I fully expect Liverpool to be able to go there, regardless of who's starting and actually absolutely sweep them aside. 
Okay. Um, Leipzig should see them do 45-45. Fuad being 30 so far. You would think he kicks from here. They all got a wedding to go to at the weekend. Um, yeah, but great, didn't it? Didn't it just? They all look good. Uh, didn't it just? Yeah, indeed. I, I reckon I reckon we'd have all fitted in, by the way. I want to be crystal clear. We could Big fan of that Chamberlain jacket. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't, the, 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 the shades. Um, the, the, the captain is is mature into a hell of a good-looking young man, by the way. Uh, <laughs> it is worth pointing out. Uh, not dissimilar to his predecessor. Um, it's fair, fair to say in that regard as well. But you know they all looked well dressed they all looked sharp yeah, but they've got Firmino to deal with as well sorry they've got Leipzig to deal with as well uh, 45 and 45 I think for that one yeah yeah definitely I think I think now you're hitting this, this stage where it ramps up a bit doesn't it and I think you, you, you get a little bit more kind of a, a clues of how how the manager maybe goes goes for Fulham and, and what he, he wants to do because I don't think you know if, if you even if you do have a Jota back before then I don't think you risk it at this stage there's, there's, there's no no good can be can come of that really I think he's confident in what he has and you know you, you'd expect to see a, a two fairly strong teams you'll see less of the kids I, I'd imagine yeah um, and you know the squad is in that place now where they, they, they can go out and put out two teams like that and I'd, I'd be interested to see Firmino which, which kind of which of the forty-five he plays with, with whether yeah, he plays do, with Salah, yeah. whether he plays with Diaz? Because I, I feel like that's also another one that a relationship that could blossom. Um, that Firmino and Diaz one as well, and I think you know Diaz is a player that you know obviously came in was great, and and we, we saw you know the flashes of brilliance and, and then consistency as well actually. But I feel like he, he's on the cusp of of being that player where everything he hits goes in. Yeah. I think he, he can be that player, and and this season we might we might not see it straight away, but I feel like the manager is almost counting on that kind of coming in sooner rather than later. The glue in the, of them, I think, is the the important part at this stage because Diaz has only got a small number of Liverpool games in the grand scheme of things. Darwin himself hasn't got any mm-hmm. uh, at this point. You know, you you, you want to see them be able to all link up with one another. And I think that that's going to be the challenge now, from now until the end of the pre-season for the manager. We've talked up the centre-half situation. You could pick anyone, if we're honest, at Fulham. And even Palace, the game after, we know what the full-backs can do. We've talked about the midfielders, and even if, like Ian, you'd want one more, they all know how to play with each other. The question where more about them all playing with each other is just in that front three, I think. I think, I've only, I've seen it to you, Ian, I don't watch every minute of pre-season anymore, I drift in and out, but what I have seen... We've definitely changed the way we play with the number nine, and I like it. Uh, and it's it's different going into a Premier League game or a first uh, group game of a Champions League, and it's got to happen as opposed to being in pre-season and trying these things. But we've got the best manager in the world, and I do think if anyone's going to make make a new front three work, it's going to be Jurgen Klopp because he's done it time and time and again. Like, and as I say, even even if Nunes doesn't start every game, Jota's is not available. Similar to the way Salah loves playing. With Firmino, Diaz will. I, 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 agree I, I can see the chemistry there already. Do you, know what I mean? you can indeed. Uh, listen, also come against Leipzig. We may well hot mic it. We'll confirm that later in the week, but we're looking into it right now if we can or can't. Uh, so we will let you know on that. Uh, excellent stuff indeed. Thank you very much to Phil Atikio and to Ian. It has been the Anfield Wrap produced by Andy Heaton. I've been Neil Atkinson. This preseason is still a long way from being over, uh, but the Charity Shield feels oddly on the horizon as well. Uh, but who's going to that? There's, uh, there's the game at Anfield the next day.